The idea is once you get that market to yourself and you get that head start, you then refine your technique, you refine your uh, supply chain, you refine your marketing to the point where it becomes a barrier of entry for other people to get into your market. Welcome to BizBuild Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at Diamondback.ToolBelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Yeah, sometimes you, it, it takes a break with the past and a break with the things that you're comfortable with to move to a totally different paradigm. That's the paradigm shift where you say, okay, we've done it this way for a long time. This is what I'm comfortable with. But it takes a while before you understand there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the really you know great things about Instagram and, and the Keep Craft Alive events with Fine Home Building Magazine, the younger crowd that I see at all these different trade shows is the interconnectivity, and that's another one of those silly buzz, buzzwords, but it used to be, I learned to do this this way, this is the way my boss learned it, and his boss learned it, and his boss learned it, and, and, and there's this, and you would be very compartmentalized about how you learn to do things, because the, your avenues to education were so limited, you basically had the people around you, whereas now, with social media, if I want to learn how to do a particular task, I can surf around on Instagram. I can find people who are sort of the uh, the knowledgeable people, the the, the the keepers of the gate or whatever. The experts, I don't know. The experts, yeah. And, and, and I can reach out to them personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can find out information that way. There, a lot of the guys are doing these question time features on on Instagram. YouTube is is sort of an interesting way that its algorithm works that it's a little harder to find the experts on YouTube. You find people who might be influencers on YouTube who frankly don't have a clue what they're doing. Oh, they're just grand personalities. <clears throat> Look at that guy. He's got a big voice and he's animated. Uh, I don't know what it takes, but uh but the, the the best people are on YouTube. Sometimes it takes a little ways to find them. I, I always use the example of I was looking up how to do some technique, and, and I found Tom DeSilva doing it. It took me a couple of pages to do it, but I know who that is, uh, one of the grand uh, carpenters of all time on this old house. And I said, oh, there's Tommy. That's how to do it. Fair enough. But the larger point is the information is there. And in some ways, it's very easy to find. Some ways, it's a little harder to find. But you can reach out to this network of people and learn about so many things. From a perspective of Diamondback, what that lets us do is then we can also reach a much larger audience with our gospel of tool belts are more than a way of carrying your tools around. I want to come back to sort of the Atlas effect, but I want to take what we've been talking about and apply it 
more generally to people going into business for themselves or owning businesses mm -hmm. in the trade. Um, this Red Sea, Blue Sea concept I think is really cool because you go anywhere, there's 100 people who are carpenters or fix-it men, and you, open, you there's no phone books anymore, but you, you Google carpenter in my area, you're going to get a whole list of things. Sure. There's a, probably a, there's a lot there about how to differentiate yourself in your particular business with your trade from other people who are doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see that working in that realm? Well, let's talk about you know, basic differentiation. Is differentiation is to say, well, I do a better job of applying siding than the next guy. Right. And maybe I'm less expensive, or maybe I have a nicer truck, or whatever it is that's a basic differentiator. Okay. But then you can, when we talk about a paradigm shift, is when you have the knowledge base and the wherewithal to say, you know what, instead of applying this type of siding like we've always done before, the benefit to your home, your business, your building, whatever, is going to be, let's apply this, you know, go check out uh, some building science from Matt Risinger or somebody like that and find out, you know, actually, we need to do this external um, insulation with vapor barrier and water barriers and blah, 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 blah. And it's a total sea change mm -hmm. of, how the, of how something as simple as cladding a house is done. Right, so then you're not just selling siding, you're selling uh, environmental efficiency, your heating and cooling bill goes down, um, all those other things that come with doing the job slightly differently than the way it's always been done. Right, so now you then become the expert in your area at this new technique. Mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a totally different way of doing things. So now you have created a need that didn't exist before. Right. That's what this whole Red Sea Blue Sea thing is about. Is um, one of the um, they talk about the the automobile. Mm -hmm. Poor people hated cars in the early 1900s because cars were things for rich people. They were very specialized, individualized, custom made. And poor people hated them because they got stuck in the roads and they couldn't get the horse and buggies around them and blah 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 blah. Right. Well, then this guy came along and said, you know what? Actually, the way that I'm going to make poor people stop hating cars... Is make cars that are affordable to poor people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And between the time he started his company and about 20 years later, he had 60% of the market. Yeah. So if you can change people's perceptions about things, if you can create a market that didn't even exist before, mm -hmm. then, you have, then you have that blue sea to yourself. It's almost like, uh, you know, if you go back to the 90s and the, maybe the early 2000s, probably more like the 90s, if you wanted a cup of coffee in the morning, you went into 7-Eleven and bought a 99-cent cup of coffee. And then these fools from Seattle convinced you, you needed a $5 coffee. A $5 coffee. And, and early on, people were like, are you kidding me? $5 for coffee? Ha, ha, ha. And now there's a Starbucks on every corner. And as a matter of fact, if you drive down the main drag in Wilmington, Delaware, there's literally a Starbucks on every corner. They took the places of block, Blockbuster. So 
I guess, I mean, I'm not sure a $5 coffee is a need, but you've sort of convinced people that this is a viable alternative. It may not be a need. It is a market. It is a market. You've created a market where no market, where the market did not exist before, and then you have it to yourself. And the idea is once you get that market to yourself and you get that head start, you then refine your technique, you refine your uh, supply chain, you refine your marketing to the point where it becomes a barrier of entry for other people to get into your market. Mm. How long, by the time anybody thought that Starbucks was legit, Mm -hmm. they were so far ahead. Yeah. They already had all the best locations. They already had the clientele sewn in. They already had... Uh, the the supply chain of coffee, and I'm sure their their profit margins were expanding to where it became harder for anyone to compete with them. Yeah, I remember coffee beanery. That didn't last last very long. So if you have a technique that you are the you're the master of that technique in your area, and you do it differently than other people, better than you use a different set of materials or different style of working than anybody else. You refine it. You you are the you are the knowledge master of that. You are you have your best supply chain. You have everything locked in. And by the time anybody else starts to realize, boy, people really like that new product that's being used. You're the master of it. Mm. Someone once told someone once told me that if your product name becomes synonymous with whatever it is in general, that it that you're doing, then you've won. Like for instance, Xerox, Xerox or Kleenex yep. or uh, Frigidaire in the North, um, which was refrigerators. But even now, you know, um, if you want a soda in some places, you ask for a Coke yep. in the South. Um, I see that a lot with Diamondback. People are like, they don't, they're like, I'm gonna, you know, hand me my Diamondback instead of saying, give me my tool belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And if I and when I hear that, it puts this smile on my face. Um. So we've got all this information out there. We've got the internet. We've got. I'm just trying to trying to sort of uh, abstract or summarize everything that we're talking about here. What we're sort of telling people, or maybe the advice is that if you're in the trades and you're doing something is to go out and be the person that doesn't just rely on old information, but goes and seeks out new information, tries to find new and emerging trends and designs, and incorporate that into what you're doing right now. Well, I think that's, that's, that's part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. You go even one step larger, it is sort of a, a pn to uh, social media. Mm-hmm. The reason that Atlas has become the store that it has is largely because of their social media presence. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have created a market for themselves that is larger than the boundaries of Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's all of Canada by being so driven in social media. We are talking about using social media for our company, Diamondback. This is how we have grown it through primarily Instagram, but also in Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. We are talking about how as a as a contractor or starting business person, you can use social media and one, to expand your business by advertising and the like, but also by using social media as a tool by which you gain information. Mm-hmm. Same thing we're also doing here. We, we largely use social media 
not just as, as an outflow. We're not just telling people things through social media. We're also learning through social media. We're learning what customers want. We're, we're learning how to make the products that customers want through social media. So it's a two-way street. You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. So we end up in Canada. We get swamped by people who are interested in buying dime that back. Some of them we know through social media. Some of them are new. Um, one thing that struck me uh, that it kept happening constantly, and I think this happened to you as well, I'd go to, you know, someone would come up to look at some of the diamond back on the shelves, and I'd go to start explaining something, and they'd go, that dude, I already know. Like, I, I see you on Instagram. And I'm, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I watch your stories. Like, yeah, I, yeah, that's Connor over there. I know that guy, too. Right? And at first, it was kind of like, whoa. You know what I mean? I feel naked when that happens, kind of. Like, you know so much about me, I know nothing about you. Like, I almost feel like I need to start asking them questions about their childhood in order for this conversation to continue on. But at the same time, it was just mind-blowing to me that now, I guess you could see the views coming through in your Instagram, but then to have that person come to you in your face is a whole other thing. Bring it, you know, like, uh, it makes it very, very real. And I, and I think that has been one of the things as as the sort of the Instagram community, as I call it, is is is, is developed. Is you hear a lot of people naysaying social media by oh, it's just people staring at their phones and whatever. But the wonderful thing about this particular little corner of Instagram is how it has gone from being people chatting over on their phones or through images or whatever to that actual physical contact of, of shaking someone's hand. Mm -hmm. I have friends who I often talk to on Instagram, but I also take the time to go and visit with occasionally because I've met them through that. And to go to some of these events like the Atlas show this weekend, where there's so many people there just hanging out or to some of these trade shows where there are a lot of people to make that connection, that physical connection of, Shaking somebody's hand, having a beer with them, hanging out—it uh, it really takes it to a, a totally different level um, uh, of it, it's it's mind-boggling the, the way that this community has developed in just interaction and, and and the friendships that I've made, especially. Yeah, it's been it's it's been great, but we, we see something starkly different from what's happening at Atlas in Canada as to what's happening here in the United States with a lot of stores. I haven't been to as many stores, and, we're, and I'm making a point to get out to our dealers this year and get to more stores to, to see and, and experience that. But again, I think, you know, Atlas has so, so much embraced Instagram, whereas other stores, I talk to dealers who've never heard of Instagram or they think it's something that their wives use to pass around pictures of their kids or, or something. They're, they're not engaged with that community and they're just shut off from it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a challenge for a, you know, Instagram is wonderful if you are a global or international or national or whatever, you know, the inter the internet takes away geographic boundaries, which is great for us. You know, we we do a large part of our sales internationally now. But if you are a mom and pop store in a small town or even a large town, it's 
you may think Instagram's not for me because I, what difference does it make if I'm in New York? Why do I care to talk to people in LA? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if if you go a, a little bit a layer deeper and realize there's a large community of people around you who will be drawn to your store, that you can have these events in your store and bring these people in this young group of people who has disposable income, they're starting out in the trades, they need to buy more stuff, they're, they're building up their tool chest, um, <laughs> quite literally their tool chest, mm-hmm. that there's a reason to reach out to those folks, but also you can develop your, your store as a, in reputation to be larger than your geographic boundaries and be something that, that other people emulate, that uh, you can share information, you can create value for your business outside of your geography using social media. And we know that because we met a number of people that drove upwards to four hours to come out down to Atlas. Yeah, we didn't meet the cat who drove from Winnipeg the day before, but I heard about him. How far away is that? It's like 12 or 14 hours. Great day. And that's, I mean, just to be at this event, you know, we had the one dude we sold a diamond bag uh, vest to who drove like two and a half hours to come down there. Um, And the other part of it, too, is that if you are a small mom and pop shop, you know, some state somewhere, Instagram and, you know, Facebook to an extent, but mostly Instagram has an algorithm that is actively seeking out people like you to connect you with. Right. Right. So it's an added layer of someone else doing some work for you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and that's Which kind of a nice good. thing. Yeah, and it's free, you know, because when they go to their Explore page, they may say, oh, this person's into construction. They live in Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie or whatever. How do you pronounce that? Poughkeepsie, New York, right? And they're like, oh, there's a tool store specializing in construction in Poughkeepsie, New York. On their Explore page, those images are going to come up. Yep. So then you get that exposure right there. Wow. The Atlas effect, man. It would be a, it would be really, really cool to see that sort of branch out across the continental U.S. It would be great for us, and it could definitely be good for you and your. Uh, Wouldn't it be great if stores were focused on selling to twenty-five to thirty-five year olds who are coming into the trades and want to get the best tools? <laughs> we can only wish. <laughs> we can only dream. <laughs> Yo, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Biz Build Podcast powered by Diamondback. I hope you enjoyed it. Hit us up if you have any uh, questions, comments, or you have any topics that uh, you would like us to cover in future episodes. We love your feedback. I say it at the end of the show, but I'm going to say it again now. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And as always, be good to yourself. And if not, be good to somebody. Peace and love, everybody. just been listening to the biz build podcast i'm your host damani follow me on instagram at diamondback underscore damani that's d-a-m-a-n-i or follow connor on instagram at diamondback.toolbelts you can also find more about diamondback by visiting our youtube page or facebook page hope you enjoyed what you heard here today and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes take care Don't forget to like and subscribe.